0: Hey parents, guess what? I have a brand new mini course out there designed just for you. If you find yourself asking, is this sensory or is it behavior when it comes to things that your child is doing, then head to the otbutterfly.com behavior. Welcome to the Sensory Wise Solutions Podcast for Parents, where parents can get real actionable strategies to support kids with sensory processing disorder. I'm Laura, OT and mom to Liliana, a sensory-sensitive kid who inherited my anxiety and my love for all things Disney. Consider me your new OT mom bestie. I know my stuff, but I also know what it's really like in the trenches of parenting a child with sensory processing disorder.
1: Okay, mom, enough about me. Let's start the podcast.
0: Hello parents, welcome back to the podcast. We are still celebrating Occupational Therapy Month. I've been spending all month diving deeper into some common topics related to OT and ways that OT can help support you and your child in daily tasks or activities. And if you're interested in that, make sure you go after this episode, go back to the last few to hear all of that and also check out Instagram. I've been doing a lot of posts there that is at the OT Butterfly. So for this final episode of OT month, I'm going to talk about the best routes for you to get started working with an OT. So maybe you heard those episodes or you've been seeing on my Instagram and you're like, you know what, I think OT is the next stop for us. So I'm going to share with you how you can get started finding OT and also featuring some parents at the end who shared some amazing testimony about how OT has changed their life. But one quick reminder before I talk about how to access OT is that, remember, all of my personal experience and clinical experience with OT is limited to my experience in California. So this means that some of the terms or institutions or names of programs that I mentioned might sound foreign to you or you've never heard of it. If you're from another country or even sometimes in other states, they might refer to certain programs like a little differently. So just keep that in mind. All right, so let's get into it. So, if you're like, I think my child needs OT, where exactly do I start? What's the starting point? So, maybe you've identified some needs, some fine motor needs, some sensory needs, maybe picky eating, or any other challenging behaviors that you're that you've heard of OT, and are like, actually, I think that might help my child. Um, here's how. Here's how I would start searching for OT. Um, First, I'm going to tell you what I used to recommend, which I don't anymore. Um, I used to say this blanket statement as soon as someone would be like, I think I need OT, where do I start? I used to just say, hey, talk to your pediatrician about your concerns and they'll walk you through it. And I was placing all of this responsibility on the pediatricians to refer parents when it was appropriate. And so what I've come to realize after hearing from many families who were really late in the game and should have gotten services earlier and from my own experience is that unfortunately not all pediatricians truly get the sensory picture if that's one of your main concerns and as we know there can be a lot of hidden sensory triggers that um, cause a certain behavior to happen and a lot of pediatricians miss that subtlety of it um And so what happens is your child, if your child doesn't quote look or quote act, I'm putting that in quote because this is what pediatricians usually say. um, If your child doesn't quote look or quote act autistic, or like they have ADHD, then they tend to do, you know, wait and see approach. Um, Not all of them do this, but Majority of them do. So that's why I've changed my approach. So, what I now recommend is just going straight to the occupational therapy service provider. And there's going to be a few different ways that you can do this, depending on your needs and your child's age. So, first, if your child is between the ages of zero and three, you can go through, and you're in the United States, I should say, you can go through your local regional center. So just open up Google and type in early intervention regional center and then the name of your county. So again, this is specific to the United States. I'm not quite sure if other countries, I think I heard Canada offer something similar for under five, but I'm not sure. But check in, like you could type in early intervention maybe and then in your local city or town or province, wherever you live and see what they have. Um, But in the United States, it's programs funded by the state, I believe. Um, So it's no cost to you. So the only caveat is it can be kind of hard to, quote, qualify for services because your child has to score below a certain threshold in like multiple So not just in sensory. So I had Liliana evaluated by early intervention services when she was like 14 months. At that time, she had a slight speech delay and a lot of these big meltdowns. So I was kind of seeing a, a few things and she did not meet the threshold. I think at that time it was like they have to be scoring below like 30%, 33%, I think, in that county. And by the way, each county has different thresholds, so it's not one universal thing. Anyway, she didn't qualify for services, so we went through a different route, um, which I'm going to talk about. So... Um, Early intervention is an option if your child is only between zero and three after their third birthday. um, They will refer you usually to the school district to continue services, which I'll talk about as well. Um, So if your child is older than three or even if they're younger than three and maybe they didn't um, qualify, like I said, this is where we fit. This is our picture when Liliana was younger than three and I wanted to get her services. She didn't qualify through um through early intervention. But so if your child is older than three or younger than three, but they didn't qualify qualify through early intervention, then you can just go to a local private clinic. Um, so your best bet is going to a private pediatric OT clinic. So I recommend First, you could go through the Google route. You could type in like pediatric OT clinic, sensory integration clinic, outpatient pediatric OT. But I like to first start out if you have a local, like, mom's group or parent's group, sometimes they have Facebook groups, or there's an app called Next Door with a bunch of people in your neighborhood who give a lot of recommendations for other businesses in the area. Start there and ask if anyone has any experience with a local OT clinic and any that they would recommend because word of mouth goes a long way, especially with um, therapy services. So once you find the name of a clinic or one in your, um, maybe a couple in your area, then you're going to call the clinic directly and you can just let them know that you are looking into OT services for your child. So you would just state your child's age and your main concerns. I'm sure the person on the other side of the phone will kind of lead the questions of what they need. But basically you would just call and just say like, I'm looking to get an OT evaluation for my four-year-old who I think has some sensory sensitivities or my four-year-old who is a picky eater. Or you could kind of give a very quick blurb about what you're seeing. And then they, uh, the other person on the phone, the intake coordinator, maybe it's the clinic director, um, they should be able to walk you through the process from there. They'll probably ask you a lot of questions about your child just to make sure that OT is the right spot. It's kind of like a very mini screening um, where they'll ask you about what you're seeing and what your concerns are. And then if you plan to go through your insurance or you want your insurance to cover it or to reimburse you, then they can tell you what the clinic, what their process is and what they might need from your pediatrician um, in order to get you seen there. So some clinics offer a form or like a particular code or something that they need your pediatrician to sign off on and they can just send that to your pediatrician um, rather than having to go first to your pediatrician. So that is a really good loophole that I um, like telling parents about. Now, of course, you would still mention it to your pediatrician. You want to keep them in the loop. I'm not saying like completely not tell them, but you don't have to start with them to make the referral. So definitely still talk to your pediatrician about the concerns and the behaviors you're having um, or the the behaviors that you're seeing, um, but you don't have to like rely on them for the referral. One other sort of loophole or trick that I've heard other parents do that I've never done, but this sounds like it would work is if you are talking to your pediatrician first and you need the referral to OT or you're looking for them to refer you to OT. And let's say you're like, my three-year-old is having really, really, really big meltdowns and we're just having a hard time every day. Shoes are an issue. Clothes are an issue. Food is an issue. Everything. They just refuse to do everything and I think there might be sensory stuff going on. Let's say your pediatrician is like, mm, no, let's wait and see. This is pretty typical for a three-year-old. Let's wait, wait it out. I don't think you need to see OT. Um, I've heard parents say, okay, that's fine. Can you just document in our chart that I requested an OT referral today and that you thought that we didn't need it or that you are denying the referral? Um, And sometimes, and what I've heard is that sometimes this will kind of just let the doctor be like, okay, fine, I'll give you the referral. Um, You might feel awkward doing it, but I mean, it's, it's a route to try if you're looking for that route as well. Okay, so now I'm going to talk about one other way to get OT services and this is through the school. So I mentioned earlier, after you quote, age out of early intervention in the United States, once your child hits their like third birthday, then they will transfer your services to the to the local public school district. Big caveat here. I have never worked in the schools. Um I have never been a school-based OT. I've always been a private clinic OT. So I, if you're a school-based OT and you're listening to this and I and I like am saying something wrong, please feel free to send me a DM so I can try to post something on my Instagram stories if there's an edit I need to make or add to the show notes but from what I understand after three you are referred to the school district the public school district and if you're already in early intervention services but even if you didn't get early intervention services you can still request school-based OT through your local public school district um Again, just like early intervention, though, there is a certain threshold and requirement and qualifications that they have to meet, um, and there's a limitation also to what kind of services that they can provide, even through OT at the school. So for example, schools will only focus on the behaviors and challenges that directly impact a child's ability to access academic learning. So that word directly impacts is subjective because I obviously if you ask me as a private clinic who specializes in sensory I think sensory processing directly impacts how a child learns in the classroom but the way that they measure this and the way that they look at things in the school and how they assess for this is different so they might not see that. Um, Not all schools will provide direct OT services for sensory needs only especially if your child is like mine who will kind of, like, fly under the radar, like, she will be, like, quietly having a meltdown inside and being anxious all day, but, like, be listening to the instructions and getting all of her, like, assignments turned in, um, but she's still having some significant sensory processing challenges, the school will not provide her direct OT services for that. I will need to go privately for OT because they don't see it impacting her, um, her ability to access the academic lessons at school. Now, if your child has fine motor challenges or other learning or cognitive challenges they may have more of a chance of getting services through the school that includes sensory support like if sensory is part of the picture but it's not the only thing you have a better chance of potentially getting um OT services through the school. But to get started with this, I would recommend talking to the principal at your school or going to the school district and asking them what the process is to request services. You can go on the website, on your school website or your school district website and type in IEP services or request for OT assessment and see where that leads you. Maybe there's a phone call. Maybe there's a form to fill out. It might be different per district, but that's definitely where I would start. So all of those are the main ways that I would recommend getting started with in-person OT services for your child and to get your child assessed. Now, along the way, it's very common for you to run into some bumps. So maybe there's really long wait lists, which is actually really common, or your insurance doesn't cover it like you had hoped. Maybe there are no good clinics in your geographical location and your child is not getting OT services at school, but you're still desperate for help. If that sounds like you and you really want to support your child now, this is exactly what my one-on-one parent consulting services for so you can head to the otbutterfly.com slash parent consult one word to learn more or you could just uh, scroll down below this episode and um, click on the link in my show notes so I coach parents on how to help um, them support any sensory behaviors or even fine motor I can give you some fine motor exercises and things to practice at home help you decode some of the behaviors you're seeing help you advocate for your child at the school um All of that is available through my one-on-one parent consulting service. All right, so now for my favorite part, you get to hear real live testimony from parents just like yourself who want to share their OT experience with you. So I'm just going to play them back to back. I'm going to put a bunch of sound bites here um, and we're just going to jump right into it. But sorry in advance for the sound quality. I had to record it through my computer speakers, but I hope that you can still hear it anyway. We were really struggling with my
2: then three-year-old son's meltdowns. Um, we had had problems before when my youngest son was first born, and he had had a lot of just behavioral issues with biting at school and we had to end up separating him from another um, classmate. We actually moved to the different school, but we needed to do that anyway um, to go to a school that had infant child care as well as preschool. But then when the pandemic happened and we were suddenly home all the time and we were dealing with an increasingly mobile baby who was then 9 months old and suddenly could stand up and cruise and take his brother's toys we started having just a lot more disruption in our life so i started looking at parenting accounts and trying to figure out what to do and you know trying all the gentle parenting tactics and holding boundaries. And I believe that it was that time that I found OT Butterfly through another friend um, who had preemie babies and her um, triplets all have sensory processing disorder. And I started looking into heavy work and read The Out of Sync Child And just definitely had this moment of feeling like maybe finally I could help my child. And there were no services at that time. Like nothing was being offered. You couldn't get evaluated. You couldn't do anything in March, April 2020. So we were all just struggling at home. And that's... When I just started trying to look up OT accounts and looking at what we could do to get um, my son's sensory needs met, and I really feel like everything that I learned and being able to understand what is going on in his brain and talk to him about it is just night and day with where he was two years ago, and. Recently we had his parent teacher conference for kindergarten, and his current pre k teacher was just saying that compared to when she first met him, when he moved to their school um when he was a little a little bit over two and a half, but it was late fall of twenty nineteen and she just said he's such a different kid his emotional regulation skills and being able to talk about his feelings and when he's feeling angry he's able to acknowledge that he wants to hit or destroy things but most of the time he can still contain that impulse and know how to deal with it and it's It's just really incredible, and I feel so much better about going to kindergarten. I'm still scared because it's going to be a new school and new teachers and new everything, but I do feel like OT has really changed our life, even though we um, did not have access to it at the time that I really started feeling like we were having issues.
3: Hello, my name is Tracy Morris and I'm an education specialist working with students um, with autism. And OTs have helped improve my students' life as well as have helped me um, help my students in terms of fine motor, sensory output, and sensory input. And I'm really thankful for um, all the strategies and resources they have given me. Um, they've helped me create a um, sensory space in my classroom as well as how to implement with, um, you know, finger warm-ups and brushing techniques. And it's really improved my students' behaviors and their academics.
1: OT has changed our lives by giving us hope that our three-year-old daughter will learn strategies to use for emotional regulation and how to cope with us guiding her and on her own and making friends and learning loud noises versus small noises and just seeing little changes every week and even monthly and before we weren't seeing that before OT and now we are and just these little changes really make a big impact on our daily lives and the sensory diet and things we do each day help with our nightly routines and the breakdowns we have.
3: Hi, my name is uh, Deirdre and my son, Sean, is seven years of age and started doing OT June twenty one within five minutes, the OT had diagnosed him with sensory processing disorder. And he's been seeing the OT weekly since then. I've noticed a dramatic improvement in his behavior and um, the number of meltdowns has significantly reduced. um, All to do with very simple sensory diet that we're able to do both at home And we were able to give the school some guidance also. Um, I think the results have been amazing. Um, And for us as a family, it has changed um, how we see Sean and helped us to understand him a little bit more. So for me, OT is amazing.
4: Uh, Hi, Laura. Um, My name is Ariadna Atkins and... My son, who is almost four, started OT last year. So he's been in OT for about a year now. Um, he recently was diagnosed with autism. Um, so he's on the spectrum, but we didn't find that out until November. Um, so he was in OT for about like eight months prior to the diagnosis. And it helped him so much. I mean, even just that initial conversation with the occupational therapist where I was explaining to him some of the behaviors that, that we were having and her being able to tell me like, he's wired differently and he has sensory challenges and his nervous system responds differently to stimuli than a typical kid. And this is, are you seeing this? Yes, this, yes, this, yes. Well, there's a reason for it and I can help you guys. And that was such a relief for me, um, such a weight off my shoulders. And she really did help us tremendously.
5: As someone who was diagnosed with ADHD at age 32 and previously had pretty horrendous self-esteem because of the ways that executive dysfunction impacted me, um, having the chance to work with an OT once a week um, and just sit down and spend an hour talking about my brain and what things are difficult and then being explained or being given the reasons why those things are difficult and what are some actual strategies that I can do, and then being able to give feedback in real time to this person about that actually feels harder for me because of this. Um, being able to do it in a dynamic conversation, which is the way that I learn best, as opposed to reading self-help books or just taking a pill, it's been life-changing. I wish that everyone could have access to an OT for needs like mine. OT completely changed our life. Um, having a kid who I now understand is a sensory seeker, which I did not understand prior to OT, um, the first thing that the OT helped us do was understand what a sensory diet would do for our kid, and it did wonders. Um, He still is mostly non-speaking at this point, but the opportunity to create that sensory diet allowed us to understand what things he needed to be able to engage with us in different ways. Um, We saw him complete puzzles and other activities for the first time because we could integrate squeezes or swings or jumping or different things he likes into those activities and it just it opened up a new world for us and now we know how to help calm his system when he's getting overwhelmed and and just help other people understand who
6: he he is and what he needs thanks to OT. Before OT I cried daily with my daughter and didn't feel like I knew what to do or how to do it and maybe it was me and I was a bad mom but My daughter's occupational therapist teaches me just as much as she teaches my daughter. She has taught me patience and the power of positive parenting. And and it's okay to have hard moments and how to help my daughter in a way that is successful so that she can regulate her emotions and get through a day on her own without meltdowns. We still have meltdowns, but then we get to go to OT and work through that and discover what's the trigger and that I don't just have a misbehaved child. And I wish more kids could get occupational therapy. I think it would benefit so many people. I I go in there and uh, she's like the child whisperer and it's the most amazing thing
1: my son was struggling to acclimate to school after the pandemic and we recognized that he was exhibiting some sensory seeking behavior so he got him an, an evaluation with an oT um, who started working with him and it has completely changed our lives both at home and at school um, he's learning regulation strategies ways that he can um, get that sensory input that he needs and um, in different environments and we are so grateful that we started this process
7: we had to see an OT during COVID we're over in the UK and obviously we couldn't see her so she video called and um, she had to help us with my son's well, inability to have his head touched ultimately Um, she suggested that we use firm touch on his head, firm pressure, before we attempted to comb his hair or eventually took him to the hairdressers because that was a huge, huge issue for him. So we did this over a long period of time. We used firm touch on his head, like little head massages. Um, and now he will happily sit, in fact, engage with and have a laugh and joke about with his hairdresser. And he has his hair done every four weeks now. Um, No fights, no kicking, screaming, meltdowns. It's amazing. That was one of the many things she did for us. But ultimately, the biggest thing I think she did for us.
8: When I worked with an OT, um, I had some sort of, you know, information and education from places like you and Instagram and books On things that I could be trying and there was a bit of a wait list to get in and by the time uh, we got in to see her and she assessed my daughter she when we had our sort of follow-up where she told me you know what her assessment was and things like that she said the most impactful thing to me that I carry with me on a daily basis and that was you are a really good mom who is already doing so much to support her. And I cried, and it makes me terrible to think of it now. And uh, yeah, and we came up with a plan to help her further. We've been working
1: with an OT for my child with SPD on and off for the past 18 months. We have seen growth in our child with grooming tasks such as hand washing, nail cutting, and toothbrushing. We have also seen some improvements in self-regulation skills. I think one of the biggest supports our OT has offered my husband and I is just validation that our child does have struggles and isn't just acting in the way a neurotypical toddler or preschooler is. I feel like our OT is truly a part of my child's care team and an advocate for them as we start their school journey.
5: Our OT was a saint and was able to get our wildly dysregulated son at four years old to identify what zone he was in and the zones of regulation. And we practiced it at in sessions and we brought it home and we able to establish it in our whole family. So he could look at me and be like, Oh mommy, are you in the yellow zone? Or I could say, Hey, your sister's in the red zone right now. Let's give her a break. So that alone was worth it all.
0: Okay. Did those stories give you chills? Like they did for me. If that didn't convince you to get OT, I don't know what will, but again, I know OT isn't accessible to everyone, so I hope that everything I provide you here on the podcast, on my Instagram, on my blog, on my website, through my courses, can help you give you the support that you need right now. But if you wanted this little push or a sign to seek OT, this is your sign. I hope that you can get the support that you and your child deserve. If you enjoyed this podcast, please consider rating it and leaving a review, which helps other parents find me as well. Want to learn more from me? I share tons more over on Instagram at the OT butterfly.
6: See you next time.